0: All right. Cool. All right. Well, I drew the Five of Swords. Now the explanation is when the Five of Swords appears, it's time to ask yourself if what you are fighting for is worth it. You may be able to win now, but at what cost? You may say words you can never take back in an argument with a loved one. You may be clinging tightly to an idea that is not actually that important in the big picture of your life, hurting others in the process. For example, yeah, you, you may be remaining in an unhealthy situation in order to prove you are right, for example, staying in an abusive relationship because you don't want others to say, I told you so. The Five of Swords is telling you that winning may not be the most important thing right now. There are times when it may become necessary to hurt others through your words or actions in order to be true to yourself. Is now one of those times, or are you just trying to win for the sake of winning? This card can indicate that you have been repeating patterns, you know are dysfunctional and do not align with your ideal self. It is not weakness to admit that you want to change. The ability to recognize our faults is actually a huge strength.
1: Cool. How do you feel about that, Joe?
0: Um, I feel you could sort of apply that to lots of things. I mean, if we're talking about band and stuff, then yeah, it is, it is all about winning. It's about, you know, doing what you're doing and getting the best possible result out of it. And, you know, if you need to act like that to get it, then fuck it, why not?
1: It's a very punk rock attitude that I would expect you would say, so that's great. Yep. Yeah. I mean,
0: I'm just reading the cards. Like, I, I, it's not up to me, it's the tarot, right?
1: Exactly, it's not up to any of us. Um... <laughs> Uh, welcome to episode 28 of Fuck You Tara Lady. My guest today is Joe Hanson, joining us via Zoom. Thanks for joining us, man.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
1: Oh, it's very exciting. So uh, you play guitar in private function. Uh, are you a founding member of private yeah. function? Are you the founding... Who's the founding members of private function?
0: Um, I suppose I, I was the first person to get everybody in the same room. <laughs> so I guess you could say I'm the founding member. But I mean, me and the singer Chris, we kind of had the idea... A while before and then in the bass player joe kind of had an idea to jam and then after a few months i was like all right everyone just meet meet at my house and we're gonna jam here's a song i mean, chris had a song i had a song and we we're just like all right this is the band and come back next week and we'll keep doing that
1: oh that's really cool so you are founding member essentially we can say that
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll claim that why not
1: um, I'm just getting up, uh, our first couple of questions before we start will be like a little, uh, like a lightning round essentially, where I just want to get a little bit of an idea of Joe's origins as a, as a little guitar cool. man, a little punk rocker. So when you were growing up, what was the kind of music playing in the house? And, uh, when you didn't have control over it, you know, like what were your parents playing? What were you, what were you raised on?
0: Um, well, both my parents were always into a lot of music. Like my dad was... Like my dad was young when he had me, so and I was born in 92, so obviously stuff that was popular then, like my dad, like Butthole Surfers, Wu-Tang Clan, then old stuff like ACDC, Black Sabbath, you know, just classic, you know, bands that everyone likes. And yeah, mum as well was, you know, Ramones, Rolling Stones, a lot of rock and roll. So, wow. you know, and these are all bands that I still like right
1: now. Did you have a rebellious period where you were like, "I'm not listening to that music." That's my parents' music, even though it was all really cool music because a lot of times people mention um, like not not mm. as cool a bands as that for like you know, like my parents were listening yeah. to cool music like that?
0: I mean yeah, obviously, I mean, I think it was more like you know, I liked a lot of music that they probably wouldn't like, but you know, I wouldn't expect them to listen to you know cryptopsy or some you know tech death band. It's probably not really that good anyway, so but I mean, yeah. In terms of rebellion, I don't really think so. Like, I mean, I've always liked sort of all kinds of music, so music wasn't really a thing I really felt I needed to rebel against. I suppose.
1: Mm, what did you rebel against instead? Um, Just the system in general, because you're a punk, or.
0: Oh yeah, yeah totally.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel I really ever rebelled against my parents. I think they were both kind of you know, pretty accepting and open to you know me doing the things that I wanted to do. But, I mean, those things weren't really bad or naughty or anything. I mean, like skateboarding and playing guitar and stuff. But, you know, in this day and age, those things aren't really considered rebellious, bad things anymore like they might have been, you know, back in the day.
1: Mm. Interesting. All right, next question. Uh, do you have an MSN screen name or MySpace name you now are embarrassed by? Um.
0: I think. I mean, I definitely used MSN, obviously, a lot longer than MySpace. I was never like I was never that big on MySpace, but MSN, I think I had one MSN address. I was like, I want to see how long you can make it just to annoy people. So it was like, I am the proud owner of quite possibly the world's longest and best MSN address at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I remembered that. That's what it was. That's I think amazing. Like one more, you couldn't even have one more letter. It was like, I don't know, 40 characters or whatever. Did one of the words, yeah, so
1: I, did you have to shorten some of those letters on some of those words or were they all fully spelled? No, that was,
0: yeah, it was the full, full proper, you know, push it to the limit, full <laughs> grammatically correct sentence.
1: That's amazing. I mean, really,
0: it, I mean, by the end of it, it really pissed me off more than anyone else because I was the one that had to type it.
1: Yeah. Every time you're like logging in, you have to like put in all those yeah. letters.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what I was actually trying to prove to anyone. I mean, no one else had to write it, only I did.
1: So. That's how you rebelled, no. man, you know, just maximising the amount you could on an email. I-, I like that. That was it, you
0: know. Get my money's worth.
1: <laughs> What's your worst tattoo? Do you have any bad tattoos?
0: Are oh, they're all bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I everyone that says, uh, Taco Slayer in the Slayer font. Because I was working at the bendigo hotel a few years ago and one day and then later on there's a tattoo machine going around getting taco themed things so yeah i got yeah taco slayer in the slayer font Mm. because i like slayer and i like tacos and
1: yeah do you still slay tacos
0: uh sometimes i mean it's more of just a calmly cooking tacos and then eating them I don't know this. part really came into. I don't really know what that means. I think I was. I think I might have been listening to Slayer at the time. Maybe it's not even really a sentence. It's just like two separate things, like Taco Slayer. Mm. I'm like, yeah,
1: they're oh, both good. Yeah, that is great. Um, <laughs> so you've got very, you know, uh, cool parents who are into cool musical stuff. Was there any other young musical influences on you when you were growing up? Like, what was the reason why you picked up a guitar? Um.
0: I mean, yes, I watched a lot of TV as a kid in the 90s because there wasn't really much else to do. I think I remember at some point AC/DC came on TV. It's like, you know, like I knew AC/DC; I'd heard them before and stuff. But, you know, like seeing the full show, like Angus running around and doing all his thing kind of just made me think, oh, that's sick. You know, that's what I want to do. Like, why wouldn't anybody want to be on stage with a guitar, you know, playing rock and roll? So I don't think it was ever really like a a moment or a, like a revelation. It was just kind of this thing that was just obvious to me. It's like, yeah, of course. Like that's, of course that's what I'm going to do. Why, why not?
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, what was the first CD purchased with your own money?
0: First CD I purchased with my own money, I think, it's probably like the offspring or something maybe like smash.
1: Yeah. That comes up a lot in this podcast. When I ask this question, The Offspring yeah. gets a lot of mentions. They were very popular in the nineties. <laughs> they
0: were, they were, they were a very popular band in primary school. Yes. Yeah, so that would have been like, or maybe it was like, it was 99. I think. Cause I think I got it from Northland. MV. I think it was the Smasher or Americana, or whatever. Cause I had both of them, but I don't remember what I got first.
1: Awesome. Um, What was your first instrument? Was it a guitar? And what guitar was it?
0: Um, Well, I did have a recorder in primary school, (laughs) but I never, I didn't really learn how to play it because I didn't really really get it. So I started recording as the first instrument. But the first instrument I actually played and enjoyed playing was a guitar. And it was like a black Strat copy, sort of piece of shit thing. And I, I wish I still had it, but I don't know. I think I traded it in for a less shit SG copy or something. <laughs> You're
1: after. just slowly gonna work yourself up to an actual guitar one day. Yeah,
0: pretty much. And you know, I got a couple guitars that do the job now. But yeah, it was just like a Strat copy thing, Sweet. like most people probably started on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, when you have to pick between Metallica or Megadeth, where do you? Where does your allegiances lie?
0: Um, I'm going to have to say Metallica. Like, I love Megadeth. I think Rust in Peace is probably better than any Metallica album, but I think the thing about Metallica is like, they're just more entertaining. Like, that's not because they're better. It's just because they do stupider things. Like, you never really know what Metallica's going to do next. It's like, when Megadeth puts out a new album, it's like, yeah, cool, another Megadeth album. It's, you know, going to be the same sort of shit. Then Metallica just does, like, an album with Lou Reed, they'll do St. Anger, they'll do like load and reload. And then here's one with an orchestra. It's like, all right, like, like you don't even know who you are or what you want to do anymore. And it's great.
1: It's true. I never really thought about that before. That's actually a really great way to answer that question. Um, what's your favorite music video? Do you have a favorite music video that stands out in Ooh. your brain?
0: Oh, that's so hard. Well, we hosted, we did rage late last year. So we kind of got the chance to play a lot of the videos that we liked, but it was for the morning slot. So it had to be like PG rated or something. So pretty much every video we wanted, they could play.
1: Oh, so what were some we of the, just ended up... what were some of the ones that got canned by ABC? Um,
0: like they weren't even that bad. It was just like electric six, like, you know, basically a lot of videos with naked men. And <laughs> I think we eventually just settled on like Nickelback and creed to piss people off watching it so we got a lot of hate mail for that it was good
1: when you say hate mail are you talking like via the internet or are people still sending letters when they're mad at the abc or whoever's programming right this was
0: i mean i hope they got that i mean it was definitely online we were just we were monitoring the comments on the abc page it was hilarious just like old boomer punks you know what the bloody hell is this this isn't it's a punk band they're playing fucking nickelback this is ridiculous I was like, hell, yeah.
1: Just weren't in on the joke at all, sadly.
0: Ah, well, you know, I mean, look, they're the ones watching it, so...
1: <laughs> and I mean, what about uh, final questions for this uh, opening lightning round? Worst gig slash best gig, this can be either gigs you've been to or gigs you've played, to any of those. Does any On that spectrum of goodness to badness, anything stand out there? Um, it's... I
0: mean, I've, yeah, I've been to countless gigs. I've played a lot of gigs as well. I remember when I was in Clowns, I was playing a gig, I think it was in Guangzhou in China. And basically at the start of the Chinese tour, I made a rule like no Western food for the two weeks, only eating Chinese food off the street, like, you know, deep, uh, doing that. And it was great. The Food was incredible. Then I got really sick a few days in. So I was just vomiting constantly for about two days. And on one of those two days I had to play a show. So I was like on stage playing guitar, just constantly vomiting and it was I got through it, but was it was there like not... a
1: bucket on side of stage or like how do you vomit yeah. while playing?
0: Oh, I had a bucket like sort of for between songs and stuff and Yeah, that, that was not an enjoyable experience. There was a, there was no encore that night. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got through it. I did my best. The show must go on.
1: That does sound like a pretty shit gig. Um, What about a best gig, either been to or played at? Um,
0: Best gig. I think. It's so hard because it's like, yeah, like there's bands that I love that I saw and that was good. But you can say that about so many bands and stuff and that's just kind of more subjective. I think once I saw. We were playing, it was in Sydney with 28 Days. And. first song in, they start playing and, like, there's a bit of smoke coming out from somewhere. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a smoke machine or something. And it's not. the EA caught on fire, so it hit that stop first song and then give up. And that was it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they didn't even play Rip It Up. It sucks.
1: What was the song they opened with? Uh Was it a banger? Was it a was it 28 Days banger that we would all remember? Or was it, like, a new one that we I made? mean, I
0: mean, I had this back in the day with it up and stuff I enjoyed it a lot I know one of the lesser songs off that I think I knew I don't know Sucker or something like one of those ones
1: so wait is this, is this the best gig because you saw 28 Days play for one song and then they had to leave is that why it's the best gig <laughs>
0: well, I guess you could look at it like that yeah
1: Awesome, dude. All right, well, we'll jump straight into it now. So we've got a little bit of an understanding now of what a little young Joe was, you know, watching lots of 90s TV and learning guitar and skateboarding. This makes a lot of sense for your, you know, your eventual rise to to punk dude that you are now, right? Was there any deviations?
0: Um, not really deviations. I mean, I've always punk rock and skateboarding and stuff. I mean, I don't skate as much as I used to just because... When I fall off, it hurts a lot more now. And, but, I, but I mean, musically, like, you know, I've always liked all kinds of music, but I think I just played punk because it was easier. I wasn't good enough to play like Megadeth riffs.
1: <laughs> so instead of bothering so was, to yeah, like, was, learn, you just decided to stay a, stay a punk musician.
0: Yeah. Well, I figured, you know, you got to play to your strengths, you know, I'm not going to kid myself and slave around playing scales and Megadeth noodly shit all day. When, you know, I could just be out there playing three chords and having more fun doing
1: that. Mm. And that is something that it seems like it's a very obvious thing that, like, you know, the bands that you've played in have have a lot of fun on stage and do have that kind yeah. of, you know, punk rock attitude, which is, I guess, and it'd be, I feel like it'd be, yeah, really good to just be able to, like, write easy riffs, have really fun shows, fun tours, and then you don't have to worry about any of the hard stuff.
0: That's it. And I think, you know, playing in and- a It's kind of the rule where it's like, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. So if there are ways that you can make things easier on yourself, whether it's, you know, optimizing the way you play a song to be able to do it perfectly every night, you know, setting up your gear in a certain way, or just, you know, taking care of every kind of contingency that you can think of to like, you know, so when it does fuck up, you can fix it as quickly as possible. Because if like, you know, if I had a song that was really hard to play and I just couldn't really do it, but I had to play it, it would just be shit because I'd probably fuck it up.
1: <laughs> are there any? And that's. Are there any private function songs that are a little bit trickier that you are like? If it's on the set list, you're like, oh fuck, I gotta be ready for that one song, like or that two songs. Is there any of that in in the band? Or,
0: um, nah. Private functions pretty easy. The only difference between that clowns with clowns and you know, Stevie writes a lot of the songs and guitar parts as well. Like he's a really good guitar player. So a lot of those songs he'd show me it on guitar and I'd have to play it exactly the same as how he played it down to every single detail. And like, you know, which is fine. That's, you know, that's how the song goes and that's whatever. But I think more in private function, I've definitely got a lot more freedom to kind of determine exactly what I'm doing. So, and I think that just means that I can play to more my strength and my style. And if you're doing that, even though it might, might be just as complicated or whatever, because, you know, you thought of it and just, you know, you're the one in control of it, it's going to be easier to play, maybe more authentic, I suppose. Yeah. But that's different for everyone.
1: For sure. Um, so let's let's run through some more of your origin story. Like where, what were you doing when you first picked up a guitar, you're skateboarding, you're a young punk? Like what was the first band you are in or when did you first kind of get like roped into actually playing music?
0: Um, well, I would have been in like year seven in high school. And I think I had a couple of friends... We all liked punk and stuff. We like Ramones and Operation Ivy or whatever. And, you know, every so often we'd break into the music room. Like, one of our mates had played the drums a little bit, another played a bass, I played the guitar, one shouted. So, you know, we just played Ramones songs badly and we changed the lyrics about, you know, people we didn't like. And that was kind of it. <laughs> I think, I don't think we really settled on a name. It was like... I don't know, Nick and the Invincibles or, you know, Nick Pelly and the Punks or something that's just, you know, probably some less than PC things as well. But, you know, it was a different time.
1: <laughs> All right. So you're doing, you're doing Ramones covers and you're in year seven. At what point do you start writing like original music? When does that come into play? Um,
0: I guess I mean, I always kind of fiddle around on riffs and stuff as a teenager but it's always kind of hard like like I'd record stuff just sort of for myself at home that that you know that was just kind of just for fun I think sort of when I started doing stuff that you know I was more into the kind of living now that was probably late high school like year 11 and 12 a friend of mine a friend of I friend of mine and I started a band called The Pukers and that was just kind of like a a bedroom thing just like the stupidest songs we could think of, just about like movies we liked, and you know, and again, just about shit that pissed us off, like doing homework and going to school. So then, yeah, and we ended up playing a couple shows, but that you know, fizzled out pretty quick, as a lot of bands do. Where
1: where are you originally from, Joe? Like where where was this at the time? Like uh, you were always uh, from Melbourne originally, or
0: yeah, yeah, born and raised in Melbourne. Um, when I was a kid until i was like 11 i lived in like west heidelberg like kind of near northland preston around there but then high school years i was living in i was kind of half living in footscray in st kilda so this i went to school in st kilda though so i was there for that so the musical stuff was kind of more around there
1: yeah cool and then what was the what was the moment when you were like finished school and you wanted to did you want to keep being in a band was that something that kind of Like, you know, if you're a punk singing about not wanting to go to school and do homework, I assume that means you were focused a lot on music at the time. Like, was that always (laughs) a, was that always a plan or you just didn't want to go to school? Um, I mean, yeah, the
0: plan was always like, you know, I always wanted to be, you know, playing music and stuff. And yeah, I mean, like, obviously I'd done a bit of it in school, but you know, that was just kind of high school band stuff. But yeah, when I got out of school and, you know, started going to a lot more gigs and stuff, you know, meeting more people and playing in other bands. I was like, oh, you know, this is sort of the natural evolution. This is what I want to be doing. And then, you know, started, you know, doing more bands and stuff and kind of just sort of went from the like, there. Like there's never a point where I decided I wanted to do something, whatever. It was just kind of, you know, I like music. I like playing it. And that's what that's what I'm going to do.
1: Sweet. What were the kind of gigs you were going to back then? So you you finished school and it's, what, what, what year would this be now? Early 2000s?
0: I finished, in, I finished high school in
1: 2009. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So, so in it, 2009, what are you seeing? What kind of bands are playing? Like, what are you going to check out on the weekends? Um,
0: I guess you had, you know, those kind of classic bands like Body Jar, Friends of the and stuff were playing a lot. And then then you go to the Tote and stuff, see older bands like the Meanies and stuff. And, you know, bands, a lot of just like Grindcore and stuff I was really big. The grind scene in Melbourne was really big back then, kind of 2009, 2010 bands like Captain Clean, Off The Kill, Agents of Aborance, and other sort of more hardcore bands like Extortion and Rort. Like, I was going to a lot of shows like that back then.
1: Oh, there's a dog.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, that's Tilly. Yeah, I think she likes to talk.
1: So, you've got this weird mix of kind of like punk rock and grindcore happening in in 2009, which is great. Yeah, And then... What was Was there any bands before you joined Clowns that you were in? or? Um, yeah, before
0: I was in Clowns, I was in a band called Break In, and I was the singer of that band. And it was kind of just, you know, punky, hardcore, sort of pretty straight stuff like that. And Yeah, we played a few shows, like, with Clowns and stuff, and that's how I got to know them. And eventually that band, Break In, I think a couple of members quit or whatever, so the drummer and I and a couple of other people started a new band. We were called Loser Denial. We were kind of more, more sort of blast beat, kind of power violence, hardcore, kind of grindy, I guess. So we put out a cassette, you know, played a bunch of shows and stuff. Played a couple with clowns too. And then, yeah, then that sort of got to the point where clowns were like, all right, guitarist leaving. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I can play guitar, sort of. So then I was like, all right, I'm crash course really quick. And then, yeah, jammed with them a couple of times. Like, all right, you want to keep playing with us? So I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So that would have been in like 2012.
1: There would have been something kind of lovely about that being someone who like you playing guitar, but then having not played for a while, just be like, Oh, someone else just write me the songs and I'll just play them. (laughs) Like, was there a bit of relief there to like, you know, there wasn't Um, a pressure to write the riffs or be the kind of driving force of that band?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess there was kind of like the benefit that, you know, they were already an active band. So they had a set and stuff and I just sort of had to learn it. And I mean, but I mean, that has its own challenges as well. Like I'd never like joined an existing band before where, you know, I had to learn things that already existed as opposed to, you know, thinking up things myself. So I wouldn't say, I don't know if I would say it's easier or harder. I think it's just kind of a different, a different challenge or thing to adapt to.
1: Yeah. Different beast. Mm. So, so you said you joined Clowns in about 2012, you reckon? Was it, was it 2012 you said?
0: Yeah, it was like towards the end of 2012. Cause the guitarist, he was still playing like, oh, end of the year you know i'm leaving do my own thing start the band summer blood so he was like okay so he played blast remaining shows with them and i was like jamming with them kind of during the week or whatever to learn the set get that all tight so then your yeah, first week of 2013 was my first show with them
1: do you remember the show what was it
0: it was at the workers club i think it was like a thursday night or something like kind of an off night i think it was with I think it was just Chainsaw Hookers, A Bowl of Goldfish, maybe Chris Duke and the Royals as well. So it was kind of this sort of rock and roll kind of pop punk ska mixed bag thing and us. But yeah, that was the show. And then I think a couple days later, we played a show at the Bendy and that was with Bat Piss and Extortion, cool. which is probably a bit more my alley.
1: Yeah, right. So that's cool huh? so the, from the moment you get in you're already playing those kind of shows hanging with those kind of people like what, yeah um what was the kind of was that was there a, was that a click moment for you when you're kind of like oh fuck yeah like i'm in i'm in a band now like i'm doing it or would you already feel like that mm. before then like what what was going on in young johansson's um, mind
0: well yeah i mean yeah it was definitely really cool like you know i was a fan of clowns i liked the music and stuff like what they were doing so yeah, it was cool to, you know, join a band that I liked and then be able to, you know, be a part of that as a band, you know, playing heaps of shows and, you know, a band that was on the same page as me doing what I wanted to do already.
1: Yeah, that's wicked. So, and how long was your tenure in Clowns for?
0: It would have been from, yeah, like start of 2013, end of 2012 to um, kind of early 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, so that, was, at, that was the generation. So at that point then, so you you exit Clowns and then you're like, I want to make something new. What was the kind of – tell us about the genesis of that. So you and Chris kind of got together with the idea. Who came up with the name? Was
0: that you? Um, I think I thought – yeah, I think I thought of the name. We had a few names. I thought of that one and it just kind of stuck. had a ring to it. But yeah, I remember it was um, – I guess it sort of started – because Clowns had just done an American tour early 2015 after the album Bad Blood came out. And I stayed in America for a couple of weeks afterwards after that. My girlfriend at the time came over and we were traveling around. And then during that time, Chris messaged me. It's like, hey, I just decided to come to America to hang out for like a couple of weeks. And I was like, well, I'm here as well. Like we're both in L.A. Let's hang out. So went to, we all went to a gig, went to some party and stuff. Yeah, me and Chris, I know, just talking shit. Like, yeah, let's start a band. Chris, you can sing, I'll play guitar. So that was that. And then nothing happened with that until (laughs) I don't know, at least a year later. So
1: But was it the kind of nice thing where you're like, I've got a band going though. It's like me and Chris, we're doing a band, like and you can kinda just coast on that for a while until people start asking you like when are you gonna play? Yeah. Have you got songs or
0: I mean that that didn't really happen until like kind of twenty sixteen when, you know, I got the other guys sort of involved and then it was like, okay, we've got a band now. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's, let's actually do something. And then we can say, we've got a band, we've got a name and doing the things the band do.
1: Before we move on past that, I want to know what some other names kicking around ideas wise, other than private function. What else did you have cooking in that brain of was... Um,
0: I think the strongest contender apart from private function was just rock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Cause like I wanted something really simple and like kind of cool. I was like rock. But then I thought about it and I was like, nah, I don't know. Like it kind of, it says a lot, but it also just says nothing. So is our names are kind of like that too. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that was the band could have been called rock. That could have happened.
1: <laughs> great. Great. I'm so glad that I, I know that. And now all the listeners do as well, that you could have been a band called rock. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of trajectory do you think? Do you think that would have put you on a totally different path than where you are now if the band was called Rock? Uh, I function? mean,
0: maybe we'd be really rich and, you know, lots of hit records, but instead we picked Private Function and we're doomed to fail. Who knows?
1: <laughs> um, I want to also ask about, while we're here, while we're just talking about Private Function as a kind of general entity, I want to know how, like, the catchphrase Private Function still on top arrived. How did that happen? And did you guys promote that yourselves to to the point where we all just say that now or think that now? Like how did that happen?
0: Well originally what happened was I was living on a street in West Woodscray. It was kind of this like industrial complex. There's a lot of graffiti around and there's this graffiti artist who I may or may not know called Metho and he, he puts that pieces a lot. Wait I see
1: I see metho shit everywhere. He's got like is there a crucifix as a T is that is that correct?
0: Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll neither confirm nor deny if I know Metho or not. It's
1: fine. But, um, it's like Foots Gray Banksy.
0: Yeah, so he knew he knew a housemate of mine called Miles. So he, he spray painted a, a whole bunch of things on a wall saying like Miles sucks, Miles this, Miles that. Then Andy wrote Metho is still on top, and I was <laughs> like, Ah, oh, that's funny. I'm gonna steal it. So <laughs> Metho, if you if you're listening to this. That sign's been painted over, but I'm carrying on the slogan. So, yeah. Oh. It's ours now. It's ours now. Fuck you. Yeah. What are you going to do?
1: It's great. So, you just thought, I'm going to steal that. And I'm just going to start saying private function still on top. And then that's just what's yeah. become of that now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just kind of started using it because it was like, you know, a funny way to end a sentence. And then it just kind of stuck and now now we can't escape it.
1: No, like I feel like people just comment at your posts now. Like, you know, like it's just become a thing. Like it's become a bit of a call out chant. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you got to give people something to do.
1: (laughs) You got to give them something to comment when we're putting stuff on Instagram, right?
0: That's it. You know, people don't like to think for themselves. If they already know what to write and what to do, then let them do that. Makes it easier for
1: everyone. I think I mentioned it on the podcast on a previous episode, but I remember I noticed one time, I don't know if it's still the case. It's probably changed. It's probably changed about a million times since then. You seem like a band that are always got like really funny bios or really funny kind of internety presence. I should say that should be a big part of the show, by the way, is just private functions, internet presence. <laughs> And yeah. all the kind of jokes around that, but I remember at one point you were following just three people, and it was like still on top with like the three people. You uh, yeah. Who was responsible yeah. for that? Was that you? Who's who's doing the funny stuff on the? On uh, I show? think the Instagram.
0: It's probably just be me and me and Chris normally do that. I mean, let me let me check. I think <laughs> who are you we following? Keep it pretty simple.
1: <laughs> or at one point, weren't you just like following Limp Biscuit and like no one else at one point as well? Is that is that something that Bro- I remember? Correctly? Probably, yeah.
0: Right now we're following one person and it is a crazy frog official. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: It's such a baller move when you're an Instagram page that doesn't follow other pages. I love that. Like I love when like it's like a big band. It's like following zero people. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I can't chart my own path ah. here.
0: Well, I've got my own page. I can follow I follow all the crap on that. I don't need another
1: one. <laughs> I've got separate Instagrams that follow separate meme pages because otherwise my feed is full of memes. But you just oh, want specific yeah. memes for specific logons, you know?
0: Exactly. You got your own mood. You got to curate it very well. It's like a mixtape.
1: Yeah, know? exactly right. Um, <laughs> so private function begins after a long year of not probably really doing a whole lot. At that point, were yeah. you? Did you have riffs ready? Did you have song ideas ready? Like, what was formulating in that early? stage because it feels Um, like Private Function kind of came out of the gate with like a fully formed personality, which maybe that year was probably good that you had that time to kind of like figure that out.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the first thing we ever played was the song Spontaneous Combustion and Chris said he'd written that and made a demo of it in his shed just all by himself. And he sent that to me and I was like, yeah, this is sick. Let's play this. And then I think I just started writing more songs like that. Like, I think pretty much all of our first EP, Six Smoking Songs, that's kind of, I think Chris wrote about half, I wrote about half. And then, um, and yeah, so I kind of of had the idea of, I wanted to start a band that could just sort of go, like, right now we've got a release, we're playing shows, we've got a t-shirt, you know, there's no kind of fucking around playing a bunch of weird shows, kind of getting your feet or whatever. I just kind of wanted to get all that out of the way and just go... Like from the beginning, so six, I think we had.
1: Did you say Six Smoking Songs was done before you were really gigging?
0: Yeah, we recorded that before we ever played a show. Sick. I think we recorded it. We yeah, we put it out on the same day. I think our first show was the cassette release show.
1: Now, if my memory serves, at the end of Six Smoking Songs you've got, is that the one that has the Frantic cover on it? Is that where this whole Metallica, yeah. St. Anger stuff came from? Whose idea was yeah. it? Because you made, like, look, this is a controversial opinion, but I don't hate St. Anger. you know? Like, I mean, that yeah. one, you know. F- yeah. And you made Frantic great. Like, it, you really did make that song way cooler <laughs> than it was. <laughs> Whose idea was it to cover Frantic? And did it start as a joke, like I assume all things do in your band?
0: Um, I think my friend Elliot told me around about that same time it was like you know this song frantic by Metallica. i was like yeah it's like there's a good song in there you just got to find it
1: yeah exactly and it's kind of the same, and, the and same like, as well yeah so i was kind of like all right
0: okay I, I see what you mean so i kind of just like listened to it and broke it down to like its most simple elements and kind of played it as a punk song and i was like okay this is you know there's something in there and also, I made another demo of Tornado of Souls by Megadeth, kind of in the same style. <laughs> Sick. So that that could have happened too, but we settled on Frantic. So take that, <laughs> Dave Mustang. <laughs> or take that, Lars. I don't know. Who's yeah. you gonna the
1: Megadeth I, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, Dave probably would be upset that, you know, you picked a Metallica song to cover when it could have been a Megadeth one, you know, it's just like one more loss for him to just number nah. two again. But then we
0: could have ruined a Meg- Megadeth song, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> so... That, so that comes out, you're playing shows already and you've like, so the merch that you had ready, was that the, um, neighborhood watch shirt? Was that the first thing you guys kind of came out of the gate with merch wise, or was there merch before that?
0: No, we had a shirt before that. We haven't repressed really it. Maybe we should. It's kind of like private function. It was like a planet Hollywood logo.
1: Oh yeah. I remember so that I one.
0: Kind of a, yeah, that was the first one. So I think we had that ready to go. Maybe not the first show, but maybe like the second or third. So pretty, pretty quick in there.
1: Where was the idea to take the Planet Hollywood logo and turn that into a um, I don't know. There? I think
0: it was just like a, it was just a logo that I liked. I think I got the idea because near my work, there's like, there's like a Chinese like noodle stir fry shop and their logo is really similar. It's like <laughs> the same colors. So I'm like, I was looking at that and I was like, all right, I think I knew where they got that from. So I was like, oh, let's, let's, for our logo, let's use the noodle shop and planet Hollywood and put it together. And that's, you know, <laughs>
1: that's a Awesome. And whose idea was it to do the, the neighborhood watch one? Because that's become a bit of a cult favorite. You know, you've had it with the Siggy first and yeah. it became like an ice pipe. Like whose idea yeah, was to take um, that Australiana and then turn yeah,
0: I, I think it was just my idea. I must've just, I think I just saw the sign and I was like, oh, that's cool. I can just do a very minor change to that and then sell it to people. So I was like, yeah, easy. People keep wearing it. Like, it's a good shirt.
1: Now, tell us a little bit about, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of fake controversy about the wearing of that shirt on, uh, was it on the, was it on the rage thing? Or where was it where there was, a, there was like a fake letter went out to someone to say that, that they were going to do a cease and desist. Uh, well, of the...
0: yeah. So a lot of the people that bought that shirt received a letter, you know, from neighborhood watch saying, you know, this is, you know, a legal violation and, you know, you, you're going to have to send the shirt back for destruction. <laughs> yeah, so people got that letter and, yeah, that was a very, very amusing.
1: So that actually happened? Like, that wasn't you guys sending the letter? I thought someone in the band uh, sent letters to... Well, it- I
0: mean, it's... Uh- Yes, it depends who you ask what
1: happened with that
0: one. <laughs> Let's just say people bought the shirt and then they got a letter that came from somewhere. You can't, you can't you can't
1: guarantee where the source came from. It may have actually been real legal action. No,
0: well I mean I well, I, I didn't get the letter, you know, I didn't wear the shirt, so I wasn't really involved, <laughs> but but who like, knows?
1: I've scraped by un- unannounced, obviously, because I wear that shirt and haven't got a letter from anyone yet. So uh, anyone listening, mm. you know, there might have to be a season to desist coming my way as well. You know, who knows?
0: Maybe your next guest had the shirt, so you can they'll be able to answer it. You know, the lived experience.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Like this constant kind of, uh, you know, rebellious kind of punky teenage thing seems to be a bit of a running theme with private function you know there's a lot of you know you guys seem to be getting in a lot of controversy there's a lot of stuff about you know you guys getting in scrapes with people can you tell us about some other instances where private functions kind of come under fire
0: um i don't know if we've really come under fire i think it's more we kind of like to make things interesting and kind of engaging and obviously you know take the piss out of things that you know we like to take the piss out of i mean the kind of the whole concept of the music industry and the whole you know culture behind performing arts and live music is you know usually pretty ridiculous at the best of times so i think you know if we can have fun with that and you know flip things around a bit you know it makes things more engaging for us and you know hopefully people that you know listen to our music as well
1: yeah, for sure. It feels like um, following you guys is like following this mythology, you know, like every time there's a new thing, there's mm. always some kind of like I say news story, but it's not really news. It's just on your Instagram feed and then everyone starts talking about it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously in this day and age, it's very easy to kind of control and manipulate information. So you can, you know, very easily control whatever narrative that you want, you know, whether you're a band or a politician or a business or just a person or whatever you know, controlling how information is seen and interpreted, I think is very much how, you know, 2020 works. And, you know, I think we kind of capitalize on that.
1: Yeah. Oh, very much so. I think you guys are a really good blueprint for how to do it. Not necessarily to like copy private function, but just to exist in a way where, like you said, you you kind of curate your own information and you have your fun and that works for you, but then also works for the fans. I think a lot of bands could do the same thing, like lean into whatever it is that they like more or be more kind of present in that space instead of just kind of like following the, the the route that yeah. we're all kind of used to knowing, you know, like play a bunch of shows, don't have merch ready yet. Eventually make merch, eventually record something, eventually go. On yeah. Tour. I mean,
0: like, I mean, that's fine, but it's like, you know, we've all seen that with so many bands, you know, a million times. And I was kind of just like, that's cool if you're doing that, but I'm, I'm just so impatient. Like I can't (laughs) sit around and, you know, wait for things to happen like that. I'm just like, if things aren't go, 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 I just get pissed off and you know, something has to be happening at all times.
1: Mm. That's really interesting actually. So that we've already, we've covered EP one, six smoking songs. And after that you guys had rock in roll.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Not sort of too long after that. Uh, that came out December, Six Songs came out December 2016. That's kind of when we started, we played our first show. And then Rock and Roll, we recorded that maybe like six months later. So we, um yeah, just kept playing shows, wrote more songs, and then we're like, oh, well, we got more songs now. Let's put out another cassette, you know, set a similar link to the first one. And then, yeah, not really much of a story behind that one. It was just like, all right, <laughs> more songs, let's. Let's record them and then put them out. Obvious, yeah, I'm um, casting obviously- from Roulette Records. He was like, oh, if you guys have something new, I'll put it out. And I was like, well, we do. So here's his new
1: thing. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So that kind of, that, that generated kind of buzz you already had from starting and starting like almost ground running kind of thing led you to put yeah. stuff out. Like, that's really cool. <laughs> oh, no. Have you, you, you paused? Are you still there?
0: Um, I'm here again.
1: Oh, phew. you was going to say I had a, uh, last yeah. episode, we had a recording where like my camera just dropped out midway through and I was like, Oh fuck. Um, oh, no. but we're all good. So tell us about, um, cool. so second EP comes out, not so much of a story about that, other than you recorded some more songs that you had and then they went out and yeah. people liked them obviously.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we had, we made a couple of videos. Well, I dropped my aid and like, he's a videographer and stuff. So he made all the videos for that. And then we kind of just kept the ball rolling with rock, rock and roll. Just more songs, more videos, keep keep touring, keep playing shows. And yeah, that's kind of that chapter.
1: Well, I guess then, let's, let's talk about those yeah. early videos before we move on because you're right. That's another big part of why I guess private function works so well is the video component, you know, like thanks to, you said the drummer Aiden does the videos? Yeah. So yeah. what do we have? We had like spontaneous combustion where you're like running through the streets. Towards the totes yeah. or the Bendigo, you running towards yeah. somewhere.
0: The, to- the totes in most of our videos. Yeah, it's just capacity. about to say
1: a recurring theme in your videos. <laughs> so yeah, spontaneous combustion. You did die before you dig at Graceland, is that right?
0: Is that yeah? Me- well, at the uh, Melbourne at Melbourne Cemetery, they have like a
1: oh, that's a memorial
0: tribute grave for Elvis.
1: What? That's so, in Melbourne. Why in Melbourne?
0: Yeah. Oh, why not? So you know, like well, you know, we got to. Got to put that in there somewhere. It's something funny.
1: Here I was thinking you filmed that in Graceland somewhere and you didn't even.
0: One day. We'll get there one day.
1: (laughs) So you did that um, and then you did, what were the other clips you've done? So there was uh, No Hat, No Play and Duct Tape. Were they from the next, was that from the second EP? Yeah,
0: Yeah, they were both from Rock and Roll. So they came out sort of six months to a year, I guess after we started. And yeah, they were kind of, more of more of the same thing like we kind of had a bit of a storyline narrative kind of recurring characters and themes and yeah sort of symbols in every video that connect ways. some connect in more tenuous ways and you know you can sort of put it together in some way if you want
1: oh man bored. this uh this show doesn't happen unless limp biscuits mentioned every episode pretty much and my favorite thing oh, about limp biscuits videos in that significant other era was how they were all kind of connected. And you guys did such a great job of doing the same kind of thing where it's like, I love even how like in, I think it's in duct tape, Chris is wearing a wig of his previous hair from the previous video. Yeah, (laughs) So it's like, it's so good. Like whose idea was it to retcon Chris's hairdo?
0: Well, I think Chris just got a haircut and then we kind of realized, well, if we're, if it's a continuation of a story, there needs to be some, you can't just have a bald head for no reason. We've got to explain it. <laughs> so then it's like, "Oh, okay, I'll buy a wig of the hair that I had," and then, yes, you know, that that takes care of that continuity. Thing.
1: Who was the Who was thinking about that? Was that Aiden's job, or was that just the whole band to be like, "Hey, Chris, you got to wear a wig," or something has got to change," or like, I'm, Who's uh, I don't
0: I don't remember who took the initiative on that one. I mean, yeah, it was probably yeah, either Chris or Aiden <laughs> <laughs> I that.
1: With the videos, are they collaborative or like, do you guys all kind of come up with the idea together or is it something that just kind of, yeah, definitely
0: like, yeah. What's well, yeah. Like a lot of the videos, like probably one of us will kind of have the basic idea and then we'll generally always kind of contribute things that happen and more ideas on it. But Aiden's like sort of mainly the director that, you know, makes it all work in a, in a technical sense in a way that actually, you know, will resemble a video and not just some crazy idea we've yelled at each other drinking beer
1: (laughs) and I guess I've got to say as well like I didn't even realize this as we're talking about it but you guys have a bunch of videos already so how many have you got like six seven
0: um we got duct tape spontaneous no hat no play um talking to myself think of it all and um I don't want to make out with you so that'd be that's six. Yeah. Like, and then we've got another one for a new single. I don't know when this is going to come out, but this week, a new single Aubrey Wadonga, will be coming out.
1: Sweet. What? So we've got
0: a video for that one as well.
1: We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. This should probably go up hopefully tomorrow. Yep. So this will be out by the end of oh, the okay, week, cool. you reckon. That's exciting.
0: Yeah. So you'll so stay tuned. You heard it here first.
1: Yeah. Getting the fucking exclusives. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess it also helps that your drummer is a director, so you can pump out a lot of videos. When you think about that in your, since 2016, in four years, you've made like seven music videos. Like that's yeah. amazing. And I think that's probably a big way that, uh, did you guys do that purely because Aiden can do that? Or did you do it because like, you know, that's how people consume media now? Like, more yeah, people- I mean,
0: I guess both, like, you know, it's definitely the way people consume media and a good promotional tool. And also that, you know, Aiden's really good at that and, you know, we have the means to do it. So yeah, if you, if you can do it, you should do it.
1: Oh, fucking oath, man. I agree. And that's uh wise words for everyone listening as well. It's like a lot of people might put a lot of, oh, you know, we'll release one when it's ready or we'll do this or whatever, but you guys just keep pumping out stuff and everyone keeps loving it. So I feel like, Mm. uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just probably you guys are lucky making really good videos. That everyone wants to watch. I feel like if everyone else made seven music videos for their band, maybe that wouldn't go as well. I don't know. Maybe there's an art to that. Oh,
0: hard, hard to say.
1: Hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so you've done, so you've done two EPs. You, uh, your debut album, Saint Anger comes out. Uh, when, when, would that, when would that have been like last two years ago? Last year?
0: Uh, it was last year. It was about, that came out August 16th, 2019. But that one was recorded in, like, June 2018. but we just didn't really have a label to release it a year. And then my friend Ben was like, oh, I'm starting a record label called Disdain Records. I'll put it out for you. And I was like, all right. So then that finally came out. Yeah, like, no one... No labels we were sort of working with really wanted it. So... So you did... Eventually, yeah, Disdain came around.
1: It was finished and it was, like, being shopped around at that time? Like, you were, like...
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was finished, like recorded that just in a couple of days. And then, um so we had it, but we just, you know, we didn't have a record label to release it. So, you know, I, like things, I won't go into the details, but yeah, like we had a label that was going to do it, but then they weren't, so we had to find another one. And by the end of it, it eventually came out about a year ago on Disdain Records.
1: Sick. Um Where, where did you record the album? Because it sounds like you were talking about a lot of the earlier... You know, the EP stuff was recorded. You know, you said stuff was recorded in sheds. Did you record that stuff at a studio as well? Or like, where did you record? Where does Private Function record? Yeah,
0: Saint Apes. Well, Saint Anger, that was recorded at Goat Sound Studios with Jason Fuller from Blood Duster. Sweet. So he, like, I I knew him before and he was a fan of us. He was like, yeah, if you you guys want to record something, do it with me. And we were like, yeah, let's do it. Yep, so that was really good. So yeah, and that was yeah, just like live to, in a room, did smashed out in a couple of days, you know, see. keep it kind of live and energetic.
1: Yeah, very much so. That's something that I noticed with uh, the new single. I don't want to make out with you. That there's a lot more produced sound on that now. Like it's uh, it's it's uh, what was the kind of direction you took that with this new album and this new recording? Because yeah, it sounds a lot more slick. It sounds a lot less, you know, punks in a room.
0: Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny because it is—it is still punks in a room. Like the new albums, yeah. Like that was yeah, new album was all just recorded live in a room. Like we didn't overdub anything except for the vocals. So yeah, like what you're hearing is what it sounds like us just in a room. Cause that's just getting what it is.
1: Getting better as a band, obviously, is what you're trying to say. Is you know? Yeah, well, to... yeah I
0: agree. Like we, <laughs> our second guitarist PJ, he joined the band because he plays in another American band, Nightbirds. But he joined us sort of the start of last year so we like wrote and recorded the album with him and yeah and he's an incredible guitarist so i thought he really brought kind of an ex- a new level of sort of you know skill or quality or what you know a new element and sounds that i came across really good on the new album
1: ah awesome all right so tell us a little bit about saint anger let's get into some of the um the minutia of that so you took the name obviously from metallica Um, what was the idea Uh, there? Was that, was that talked about as, was there other options like rock, you know, was there other names for this album? Or was it always going to be called St. Anger?
0: I mean, I think we had a few different ideas. I don't really remember anything particularly sticking out. I mean, I think we just, someone said St. Anger just as a joke. Like, oh, that's funny. And then we're like, well, why shouldn't it be called St. Anger? And then we're like, all right, it's called St. Anger now. So I don't think there was really much kind of discussion over it. It was just like, ha-ha, that's funny. Let's do it. Done. No. That sounds like you know, a lot of... We're, we're not backing out.
1: Of, is, is that how your band makes a lot of decisions? It sounds like that's how it all kind of goes. Absolutely,
0: like... yeah. Well, yeah, like someone will think of something funny and if it's still funny the next day, then you you kind of have to do it. <laughs> Even great. if it's not funny the next day, that's that's pretty generous. But you've, yeah,
1: You've committed to it, you know. You said you were going to do it. You just got to do it.
0: Exactly, and then you know we'll, we'll make another one, whatever.
1: <laughs> I think I really like that about private function is that yeah, that doesn't seem to be a real um, kind of what's the word I'm looking for, like a protection over it, or like oh we better do this right. It's just like no, nah, just do it and put it out, and who gives a shit kind of thing. Like and that yeah,
0: well I guess that just kind of goes goes back to me being impatient and always having to be doing something because it's yeah, like our new album's coming out, I think a year to the day from our last one and you know we've, we're, we're already all writing songs for the next one so it's like wow you know can't stop
1: yeah I, I like that a lot so do you think that other bands should kind of take that mentality as well and kind of push more or do you think um, that it just specifically works for your kind of configuration of band members
0: um, I don't know I mean other bands can do whatever makes them happy but I think I mean like it'd be I would like you know, good bands that I like to do more stuff. But at the same time, obviously, there's a lot of bands I don't like that maybe I personally don't think should be doing more stuff. But, <laughs> you know, that's that's just a personal opinion. I mean, bands can do whatever they want. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you're in bands, you should be doing, you know, as much as you can do. Like, there's heaps of bands I love that, you know, don't release much stuff and it'd be cool if they did.
1: Yeah. For sure. I, I agree with you. It's kind of like, if you're a fan, you're like, give me more of that stuff. But if you're not, it's like, oh, yeah. shit. The bands that you don't realize have pumped out like five albums since you cared. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about the floppy disk. Um, tell us about when, who came up with the floppy disk idea and uh, tell the listeners I think, I that. I think happened. that was my idea.
0: Well, basically, I don't know. I think I just had, I think I'd heard about some, some other band that... Like release something on a floppy disc or something. So I was like, "Oh, that's funny." So then I was like, "All right, well, why don't we do it?" So basically, the only way was to get the shortest song on the album, which was frantic, and then make it a really low quality MP three. Because I think what is it on a floppy four megabytes of space? Yeah, I think it might be even less. (laughs) Yeah, probably like you know slightly less than that with formatting or whatever. So yeah, I had to. I bought some old floppy discs from some like office. And then I had to buy like a USB floppy adapter thing to be able to plug it in.
1: Yeah, that's what this is. I'm so glad you're explaining this because this was going to be my question. It's like, how the fuck did you get it on a floppy disk? So you've bought an external USB floppy disk drive.
0: Yeah, like a USB floppy drive from, from China or whatever. And then, yeah, printed the labels and put the low quality MP3 of Frantic on there and then sold it and people bought it.
1: How much did you sell the floppy disks for? And did they come in a fun little case? Um, oh, probably like 10
0: bucks or something. And I don't think that was the case. I think I just put it in a padded envelope.
1: <laughs> when I was a kid in year seven, we had like computer classes and we got given like a bunch of floppy disks and then like a little hard case to put around it to protect your floppy disks. Yeah. I remember them. Yeah. So I was yeah, hoping ones. maybe there was going to be some of that in the mix as well, but no, they just got posted as floppy disks.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't, maybe people have the case at home and they can put it in there themselves.
1: Good. Maybe people can send you some stuff via Instagram of them, you know, coveting their little lovely floppy disk. How many of them did you make and sell?
0: Uh, Not many, like no more than like 10, I'd say.
1: (laughs) I love that. So I think
0: collector's item.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of collector's items, you've got a whole bunch of stuff and the band seems to keep doing this a lot with your releases, you know, especially with... Mm. The new ones. Before we get on to the new, before we get into the new album, let's talk about Saint Anger that you guys were putting it in JB Hi-Fi stores. Is that? Tell us a little bit how that, how uh, yeah, that came was, about. Um,
0: yeah, that was just kind of like a kind of a promo gag thing. We were like, like the week before it came out, like, all right, there's a new record hidden in a JB Hi-Fi in Melbourne. Go find it, and yeah, I think we put it next to a Metallica album in High Point <laughs> or something yeah, whoever gets it, gets to keep it. So that was, you know, a little thing for some people
1: to do. Who got it and how long did it take them to find it? Um, yeah, well, it took longer
0: than we thought. Like, it took most of the week. Like People were like, they checked they checked every JB except for that one. And I was like, it's like, it's there. Like, it's there. Everyone was like, oh, I checked Elizabeth Street. I checked Burke Street. I've checked this. I've checked that. I'm like, there's, there's one you're not checking. You haven't been there yet. And it's there.
1: Okay, so they finally found the record after about a week of searching for it. Um, yeah. What else did you guys do to promote that album when that came out? Um,
0: I think it, there wasn't really kind of like a big thing about it. It was more just kind of seeing what would happen. Like we kind of did that as the promo thing. But yeah, a lot of it was just kind of like, we got a record coming out. It's called San Anger. Get a load of this. Pre-order it, buy it. It's out. Kind of We kept it pretty simple, I think, that one.
1: Yeah, right on. Now, but this this new album you've got coming out, Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is uh, coming out this... When's it coming out? This month? This year? Uh, when's the... There's yeah, a
0: bunch of... the August 28th is when it comes out, August,
1: 2020. August 28th, that's right. So, and you've done a whole bunch of different cool splat-away colour vinyls and like pre-orders and mystery things and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So tell us about the kind of brains behind marketing this album because, you know, other than just hiding in JB Hi-Fi, you've done a little bit more. So tell yeah. us about that.
0: Well, I guess for this album with a new record label, damaged, and that's we've got kind of a much more of a kind of marketing budget and more distribution options and stuff, and just you know kind of the experience of doing the record before and being like, okay, you know what can we do differently this time? Yeah, they were really accommodating to our ideas of you know, different colorways and the special edition with the baggies of a certain white powder pressed inside the vinyl.
1: And now, yeah, it was you, now you've yeah. just you've just tried to gloss over that and keep moving but i want to focus on this because that's a i didn't know you could put shit inside vinyl for starters that's amazing like so thanks for letting me know that's a thing like i've seen square discs before i've seen picture discs i've never seen like baggies of questionable white powder pressed inside a vinyl before how did that how do you do that like
0: um well i think basically it's kind of two records pushed together with the baggies in the middle. Don't quote me on that. But I, I think that's my understanding of how they're made. But, you know, leave that to the experts. But yeah.
1: Because
0: wow. like, we didn't really know if it could be done either, but we had the idea. And, you know, we sent it down the line and we kind of found out, yeah, you can actually do that. So, like, well, fuck it. If the record label's going to pay for it and make it happen.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. So, you've done this. So, that was the mystery one that was limited to 50. Was that right? Yeah. And they all got snatched up yeah, I super think- quick.
0: Yeah, I think it was 50, yeah. Like, we put it up with just a question mark being like, we're not even telling you what it is, but trust us, trust me, you'll like it. And then people pre-ordered that, sold out really quick, so they're in for a in for a treat.
1: Awesome. And you've also got the kind of $5 note colour theme going as well, like yeah. with the album. You've got that yeah. splatter.
0: Yeah, we've got that colour and we got another one, different colour, and then there'll be more colours as we press more.
1: Now, I Are also collectors out there? I saw a cool video the other day of, I think it was Saint Anger pressed with like a liquid pressing. Was that, yeah. was that Saint Anger?
0: Yeah, that's Saint Anger. That should be coming out soon. I don't remember the exact date. Yeah, that's a collaboration with uh, Disdain Records who put it out originally in Salty Dog Records. It's another label in Melbourne. And he does a lot of kind of wacky, liquidy novelty discs and stuff. So that'll be coming out through those guys.
1: Yeah. Again, another thing that I didn't know you could do with vinyl. So you can put baggies in there. Yeah. Also, I mean,
0: I, I never really seen it before either, but I think the salty dog guy, Noah was like, Hey, you know, I press records and stuff and here's this thing you can do. Do you want to do it? We're like, yeah, that was cool. So he's doing
1: that here in Melbourne. Like that's being pressed here in Melbourne.
0: Yeah. He works, he works in Melbourne for a, yeah.
1: Wow. The only time I've ever seen a record pressed is like the start of John Safran's Music Jamboree or like a, a tour yeah. of uh, Jack White's Factory or something, you know? So it's like pretty exactly, wild to yeah. think that that's happening here in Melbourne and they're pressing your records with like liquid and baggies and all kinds of cool shit in them. Yeah. Amazing. It's the only thing I could think that comes close was like, um, didn't Steve Albini used to put like weird shit in like big black records as well? Like Probably,
0: yeah. Sounds about all right.
1: Yeah. Cause that was the only other thing I thought of that it's like, that sounds kind of like something Joe Hanson would be into. Like, I'm assuming you're a, like a Steve Albini fan.
0: Yeah. He's definitely an inspiration on kind of, you know, my methodology and outlook towards the music industry or whatever you want to call it. You know, you'd have that sort of level of, you know, antagonism that he does.
1: Yeah. yeah he loves a quote that guy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us tell us a little bit more about uh, this new private function album. Who, whose line is it anyway? Coming out August twenty eighth. W- yep. Like tell us about uh, what are some of the lyrical content on this album? Uh, little hints, you know. Like uh, you always a, there's always funny lyrics and uh, yeah, really... I mean,
0: yeah. Sort of with this album, I guess. Like we didn't really we didn't really come into it with like being like this overall theme or sound is going to be like this. It was more just you know we'd been writing songs and we sort of put them together and then we had a few of these songs and we're like okay well with that they sort of sound like this let's you know make some more new songs that fit in with that and then eventually we had a record and then we recorded it really quick and then it was done but yeah so it was I mean I guess the way of putting it together wasn't really much different to Saint Anger just you know we worked on songs that you know sound like us plus you know with some new new elements in there and we had a new guitarist as well, so he we added a new layer of sound. And it's um I think it sounds great. I think, you know, it's a loud and fast and rockin' and you know, it sounds sounds like private function. It sounds like what I think we should sound like.
1: Did you feel like previous recordings didn't reach that level, or like you um, know
0: I I think all of our record uh, all of our recordings sounded like what sort of we sounded like at the time that we did that record but i think every record we've done has sort of you know improved itself on ways and i think a lot of that's just kind of just being a better band and you know knowing how to play better and knowing how to sort of capture the sound or how to perform in a certain way that's going to work for that song or that record and yeah so I, I definitely think it's our best record so far and you know it definitely sounds the way that you know i envisioned it sounding
1: yeah How do you try and capture that live element? Because like you're, you're a crazy band to watch live. You know, there's a lot of insanity going on yet. It still manages to sound like private function. Like how do you guys, how do you guys manage that? And do you think about that in the recording process? Like trying to just capture that Um, same kind of vibe or is it different between like setting up to record and then, you know, playing a live show? Yeah.
0: I mean, I wouldn't say it's that much sort of different. I mean, obviously like how you do it how you approach it is going to be different. But I mean, how we recorded this last record was, you know, we did it all live in one room all together. We drank a lot of beer. So, you know, (laughs) there's a good buzz going on throughout the whole record. And, you know, we just had fun with it as well. It wasn't like a, you know, laborious, stressful thing. It was just us playing the music, you know, not really much different to how we would on a stage.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I think that... Well, I don't know. Like, I, I I don't have a lot of experience being in bands, but definitely friends around me, they're in bands at recording stuff. It's usually like, yeah. oh, we have to take like five days to get the drum sound right or this or that. Like, there's none of that with you guys, huh? Like, it's just straight in. No, really. Cracking. I
0: mean, I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, we want it to sound as best it can, but we're not, we kind of think like, you know, if we can't play it together as a band, then it's, even if we can eventually get it, that's not going to sound right. Like, you know, we play the songs the same way that we play them on the stage. Like, there's no difference in how we perform them. Hmm. So, you know, we don't like multi-track or overdub or any of that stuff.
1: Is that just a personal preference for like the band, like the band members thinking that's how they like it, or is that just easier or it's less stress or like what's the? Um,
0: I mean, it's sort of it's a bit of bit of all of the above. I mean, I think you know for our for our kind of music, you yeah, know, kind of punk rock and roll stuff, you know it's all about the energy and kind of the rawness and, you know, the immediacy of it. And I think, you know, and it does make it easier as well. It's like, you know, if you can record like that, you know, you can get things done so much quicker. And I think, you know, that's cheaper as well because obviously <laughs> it's recording music is, isn't a cheap thing to do and no. time is money. So, yeah. Fine. But I mean, ultimately I think, I think it sounds better, you know, recording like that. I think it sounds more, more immediate kind of more more natural and it just sounds you know it sounds more like how we perform and that's you know what i want it to sound like
1: yeah that's true it definitely sounds like it, you're there when you're listening to it even like on spotify or yeah. whatever. it's like oh yeah shit like i could imagine what this would be like in that room at that time and it's exactly how you guys play live so that's yeah you're right yeah, it's really well cool. totally it's like
0: you know i think with recorded music i want when i'm listening to a band i want it to sound like a band i don't want it to sound like you know, a bunch of musicians all separated and then put back together again, Like especially with, you know, rock and roll music. I want it to sound like I'm in a room with a band that's playing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really, it's, when you say it like that, it sounds so simple, but then you're also like, but a lot of people don't do it, you know, so it's cool. Yeah, I mean, look,
0: there's lots of different ways you can get good results, but I think, you know, we found what works for us and, you know, we're happy with that.
1: Very much so. That's great, man. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit more about this new album before we move on to our lightning round. What what um yep. what else can people expect? You said the new single coming out. Set you said it's Aubrey Wadonga. Wodong- Is that what you said?
0: Yeah, it's a kind of just a song about Aubrey Wodonga and driving there. It's um it's very wholesome, so that'll be out that'll be out this week. You'll love it. I guess lyrically, I mean. It's it's kind of it's more of the same but more better if that's a thing. Like we haven't, you know, I wouldn't say we've changed our sound at all. There's no, you know, we haven't done a Saint Anger on you. But um, but yeah, I think you know if you like Private Function, you'll like this new one. You know, it's it's very rock, maybe a bit more of a classic rock sound in there, but it's still you know better and faster than the one before it. So. I don't know. It's always hard to say. So we'll see what other people think about it.
1: Great. Uh, no, I'm keen to check it out, man. It's very exciting. Um, let's jump in to the lightning round. and We can finish this sucker off. First question, Johansson. Analog or digital?
0: For what? Uh,
1: anything, man.
0: Anything? Oh, man. I mean, I like... Some things are good. Like Analog is good. Digital is good. I mean, I think they both got their place. Like, if I had to pick only one to use... For everything for the rest of my life, probably digital.
1: Very good. Um, what time did you wake up today?
0: Um, I woke up today maybe like 7.30, 8
1: o'clock or something. Yeah. It's pretty good for quarantine times, you know? Like that can that can blow yeah. out. <laughs> you Keep totally. yourself on track. I like it. Uh, what was the last thing you read?
0: Last thing I read? I got a few Playboy magazines off eBay. Like old school Aussie ones from the 80s. So I've been flipping through them; they're pretty good. You know, I got a penthouse coming as well.
1: What do you notice about like Australian Playboy versus like '80s American Playboy? Like, are there like Foster's ads or like what are the what are the ads in these Playboy magazines? Well, you...
0: There's a lot of a lot of beer ads, a lot of cigarette ads, and um...
1: what ciggies? What kind of ciggies? Like, what are they selling? Let's
0: let's take a look.
1: Um... <laughs> Listeners, Joe is flicking through the. <laughs> classic playboy magazine now
0: okay uh, marlboro 20s oh yeah
1: nice open spaces horses running past yeah that's that's living
0: hell yeah pretty good anyway i'll I'll finish that (laughs) later
1: (laughs) um what's your first memory
0: first memory that's i mean i got memories that like obviously when i was really young but obviously I, i don't really know what the first what happened first chronologically i mean maybe like just like a creature or something like or at my my house or something so it would have been like 94 95 so it'd been like two or three i guess
1: and what were you it's do- say
0: what's first though
1: like if it's your memory like what's in it like why why do you remember the house like is it just you run around your little house as a kid
0: yeah i mean yeah like i don't really remember any particular like events or things like as my earliest memories like my earliest memories are just kind of being in a place probably gets kind of so yeah nothing nothing particularly interesting for that
1: <laughs> good to know nothing particularly interesting for joe for his first memory uh tea or coffee
0: um definitely coffee but i liked it
1: um if you were reborn who or what would you like to be
0: um fuck. I don't know, maybe like a, some kind of dangerous animal. Live on the edge.
1: What's you know, a dangerous hunt, animal to Johansson? Yeah, you look like an apex predator, oh, like a.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a like a lion or a tiger or you know, king of the jungle. Sick. Give that a shot. Why not?
1: <laughs> Give that a shot. Uh, what inspires you? Um,
0: what inspires me? I mean, that's a good question. I think things that I find entertaining and um engaging and you know, things that kind of I guess question the status quo and do things differently and um kind of, you know, like evolve things, evolve creatively and do things differently and move things forward. Hmm. It's kind of the methodology and philosophy that you know, that inspires me.
1: That's a really good answer, man. Thank you. Um what was the last oh, no. record you played?
0: The last record I played was um I was listening to records last night actually. Oh god. I think it was Sam Cooke. Nice. Live at the Harlem Harlem Closet Three. Really good live album.
1: Sick. Uh what was the last movie you saw?
0: Um the last movie I saw was the movie Green Room. Oh Watch it with my housemate. Dude that yeah, movie rules. Seen it I know, I loved it. Yeah, like I'd seen it before. I loved it. But she hadn't seen it, so I was like, oh. Well, yeah, my housemate Gemma, she was like, oh, I feel like watching a scary movie. So I was like, oh, yeah, I know a pretty scary one. Let's watch that. Yeah. She's
1: like, all
0: right. Yeah, so that was a couple nights ago.
1: Green Room's a great movie for someone like you as well because I feel like, you know, Private Function could almost accidentally end up playing at a place like that at some point, you know. Have you ever had any dicey gigs where you're like, oh, it's a bit green roomy?
0: Yeah, I totally. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like the kind of movie where it's, you know, that, that could be me in a way. Like, you know, I've been in shitty punk bands touring and playing weird gigs and that's kind of what makes it so effective and realistic and scary is it's like, you know, that's just kind of like a normal punk band and then, you know, shit shit goes bad very quickly, but, just... you know, in a way that could just happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, what's your favorite piece of musical equipment?
0: Favorite piece of musical equipment is my tuner. <laughs> <laughs> because... You know, if, if you're not in tune, nothing's going to be good.
1: That's a great answer. Uh, an answer I've never heard before. I really like it. Uh, who do you love?
0: Who do I love? Fucking AC/DC, Matt.
1: <laughs> do you have any pets? Oh, we heard the dog before. Is that your yeah, pet Yeah, well, do-
0: well, it's my housemate Gemma's dog, Tilly, but, you know, I'm, we're home all the time, so we're both. Kind of equal custody I suppose. So shout out to Tilly, she's a good one.
1: <laughs> um are you useful?
0: Am I useful? Yeah. <laughs> I think you know I things that you know benefit other things, people and whatnot. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, what's your biggest fear?
0: Biggest fear.
1: Being trapped in lockdown question? forever?
0: I mean, that'd be pretty shit. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really the biggest fan of lockdown. I mean, like, you know, I get it. Man, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen forever, but what if it does? Now, now you got me thinking about that shit. All right, right now in this in this present moment, that's my biggest fear because you've got me thinking
1: about it. Oh, dude, that's why it's on my mind. I'm just like, fuck, is this oh, ever no. going to end? I'm just going to have to do podcasts via Zoom forever. Um, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. That's not fun. Uh, what do you value the most?
0: Um, what do I value the most? I think, like me personally, I think, you know, experiencing new things and, you know, kind of living life in a way that, you know, allows me to do that and, you know, not have kind of not doing the same thing every day. Like I value you know that's why I like playing in bands and touring and stuff because it's always you know new experiences and seeing new things all the time. So I think I think that's what I value the most.
1: That's really positive because I think a lot of times you know when you talk to bands when they talk about tour, it becomes a bit of a slog. You know, like you're, you're seeing lots mm. of airports and vans and venues, but you're not actually yeah. seeing the places. Like, how do you, how do you have an optimistic approach to that by you know feeling no, I mean, like it is different?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, sitting in lockdown, it's kind of going through rose-tinted glasses a bit. But I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes, yeah, it is, it is a slog, it is hard work sometimes. But you know, you have to, you have to love it to do it. Otherwise, you know, you shouldn't really be doing it. And then that's when it will be tough.
1: Mm. But I think you know,
0: it's a kind of thing that you know, it's a unique experience that you know, not that many people really get to do. And it's, I think, it's a cool, unique way of seeing the world and or you know, seeing Australia or whatever. But you know. A lot of people don't.
1: Mm. Um, what kind of voices can you do? Can you do any voices or accents? And I'm assuming if you can, do you bug people in the band with it when you're in the van?
0: Um, yeah, well, not just me personally, but yeah, everyone in the band, we've kind of got all these characters that we invent and, you know, amuse ourselves with for a long time. A lot of them are pretty vulgar, so, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we've got some we got some characters that may appear on private function shows or records at a point in the future, but they're normally just kind of things to amuse ourselves and they evolve over time. They're pretty good.
1: That's awesome. Um, are you an anime guy or a Disney guy, if you had to pick? Um,
0: I mean, I like Disney. I mean, yeah, like I, I never really watched that much anime. Like I remember, like, you know, they used to show stuff on SBS and stuff as a kid, and I'd watch it, but you know, I wouldn't really know what was going on. I mean, probably I'm gonna say Disney just because I'm more familiar with it, but I probably need to do more of a deep dive on anime stuff because maybe I would end up liking that more.
1: Oh, I feel like that might be the answer for a lot of the people who haven't watched anime. Be like, oh, it's actually pretty good. There's shit for everyone there. Yeah, I'm the same. I yeah, delve, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. What about uh, Star Wars or Star Trek?
0: Star Trek, definitely. I think. Yeah, I think overall, T V series a well lot more than Star Wars movies.
1: Yeah, just more, just more. Are you talking about just a general value of like hours of Star Trek versus Star Wars? You mean like it's just like it's a yeah? Bear- well, I think
0: it's, I think it's quality and quantity. I mean, like you know, I like Star Wars. I mean, you know, the original trilogy. I think the new ones aren't very good, but I think you know, Star Trek, Next Generation, Voyager, original series, they're all great. And I think you know. I think it's a bit more. There's a bit more going on than in in Star Wars.
1: It's a little more intellectual, in you know.
0: Well, I don't want to say intellectual because that just makes me sound like a wanker. But I think you know it's more in it's more in the tradition of like you know traditional kind of science fiction. It explores more of those kind of philosophical things.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like
0: because you know Star Wars is more just kind of like an opera in space. You know, it's like a western in space.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Like, which is which is cool, but it's you know, it's pretty different to Star Trek, I think.
1: Very much so. What about Transformers? You're you're a younger guy. Did you get into Transformers? You, if whether it be yeah, well, I remember or... I, like,
0: yeah, I mean, I was young. Like this would be, like early mid '90s and stuff. I mean, I watched it on TV and played with the toys and stuff. But you know, that was young.
1: Would you pick Autobots or Decepticons? Did you have a favorite Transformer when you were growing up?
0: Ugh, don't even remember. I mean, Decepticons. That jumps out at me. But yeah, I think I was too young to care. I was just like, eh, flashing stuff on the TV. This is sick. And there's a toy. Hell yeah.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle?
0: That's kind of the same thing. I think when you're that little, they're all kind of the same. Maybe, you know, Donatello was always good.
1: I think you might be one of the youngest people I've had on this show. So I have to kind of skew oh, no. some of these questions because a lot of times people are very passionate about this stuff. And I understand that because I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit like I'm, I was born in 88. So like I was into it because yeah. my brother was, because he's four years older than me. But like, if it wasn't for that, I don't think Turtles was around kind of when we were kids, you know, like.
0: Yeah. Like it was on, like, I remember watching it and stuff, but I think like the initial hype and, you know, hysteria over it had kind of <laughs> passed by the time. You know, I ended up watching it. I mean, you know, there was just new shit on TV. Uh,
1: what was what were the kind of shows you were watching at that era of that kind, you know, like Transformers, He-Man, Transformers? What was the thing that took over in the early 90s when you were watching TV?
0: Um, well, the earliest stuff I remember watching with, I mean, The Simpsons, obviously. I mean, and butthead, that kind of stuff and all the Nickelodeon stuff. Hey Arnold, Rugrats, Cat Dog, things like that were kind of definitely big when I was a kid. And then just yeah, shit, sitcoms like Home Improvement was you know, always seemed to be on TV back then.
1: Oh yeah, man, uh, like the nanny and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like... I,
0: like, I like the nanny a lot. Same. I mean, I always watched Home Improvement, but like looking back, it's the kind of thing where it's like name a Home Improvement episode, like you can't like nobody remembers any plot or any thing that ever actually happened.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying really hard to think of something and I'm like, nah, I remember the family and the neighbour with the fucking yeah. face and then, like, that's about it. Yeah, though. Wilson.
0: Yeah, Wilson. Everyone knows, like, the, ba- the basic formula of it but nobody knows any actual plot or anything that actually happened even though everybody watched it back then.
1: This could be, maybe I could add that in as a lightning round question next time is give me a plot line from Home Improvement.
0: <laughs> that's a good idea. See if anyone can do it.
1: Man, like, he just supercharges things. That's kind of what I remember. It's like he took yeah. something and he made it Dangerous. That's about it.
0: Yeah, and then he then he goes home and hangs out with his family, and then talks to Wilson, and then, and I don't know. Then the credits go on.
1: Great it's... sitcom format, you know. That's all you need. Yeah. Um Are you more of a Batman or a Robin?
0: Like, am I personally a Batman or a Robin, or what do yep. I like more?
1: uh well, I could go either way. You know, do you do you align with one or the other?
0: Um. Well, I'm mean, going have to say Robin because. I prefer the old Batman shit when Robin was around to the new, like, Christian Bale, you know, spooky, serious Batman. I'm like, where the fuck's Robin? Get him back.
1: Correct. I agree. Uh, I love Robin too. Um, every, every
0: good Batman has Robin. That's, you know, you got to have Robin.
1: you got to have Robin. Uh, what movie could you watch every day and not get sick of?
0: Ooh. Kids. I always, I watched, like, Total Recall and Terminator 2, like, at any re- any sort of given opportunity. <laughs> so those movies I've already done that with, and I still like them. So either one of them is fine.
1: Great. Um, I, I also wouldn't be an episode of the show if we didn't bring up Arnold Schwarzenegger pretty much. So that's great that you've tackled that as well. <laughs> um, ooh, What's next? Uh, what country do you want to visit the most? You've got, you said, you you know, you've got to tour in bands. That's pretty exciting. Like, is there anywhere you yeah. haven't been that you'd like to go?
0: Um, Well, I've never been to Europe. So that's that's definitely next on the agenda. If if that can ever be a thing that happens. Yeah. It'd yeah, be definitely great to, I mean, not even, not necessarily just in a band, but like, you know, just traveling. So yeah, I mean, that's somewhere I've never been and always wanted to.
1: Yeah, it's a wild thought now, like we've talked about now that we've, the the worry of this Corona thing, it's like, oh shit, are we going to be able Mm -hmm. to ever like go on planes again? Like, is that ever going to be a thing? Yeah. Who fucking knows, man? Yeah, Um, it's it's hard to think about, but let's, let's be optimistic. Let's be optimistic. It it might all blow over by like next year. Who knows? Um, Yeah, why not? uh, Moving on to the Patreon questions. uh, First MA15 plus movie you ever saw? MA15 plus movie. That's
0: a good question. Um... Maybe like RoboCop
1: or something. I mean, yeah, that's. I I definitely saw
0: movies like. I mean, I was kind of generally allowed to sort of watch what I wanted as a kid. So, I mean, yeah, probably some like action kind of thing like that.
1: Yeah, RoboCop's brutal, man. That when the Ed Two Hundred Nine like flips out and kills that guy, it's just like whoa! Oh, yeah. So brutal. Loved it. If you had to live in a horror movie scenario, which horror movie would you pick to live in? Um, hmm. Well,
0: I couldn't do Nightmare on Elm Street because I love going to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> oof. I don't know Poltergeist, because I don't. I don't watch much TV, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> probably, probably that one.
1: That's great. Uh, and a new question from our new patron, Steve Jay, Uh What's your favorite piece of band merch? Piece
0: of band merch? I mean, I'm wearing a Black Sabbath jumper right now that um, is very appropriate for this mild weather. Yeah. So, I think mean, right now, this jumper is my favorite piece of band merch.
1: Great. I'm wearing a Nine Inch Nails one, same deal, like that crew neck. It's just yeah, I noticed so- that. That's cool. Oh, thanks, man. Um, It's just yeah, so that's, good to that's have... My favorite.
0: Ooh. That's my favourite Nine Snails
1: album Ah, sick I just got it because it was a really cool Like, just a crew neck jumper That I'm like I want that to bum around the house in For sure Like, it's just Yeah, that's the, sick The crew neck jumper is where it's at, man Is there is, any private function merch ideas For a crew neck uh, jumper coming at some point?
0: Um, No, we've never done a crew neck We've done a long, long sleeve shirt But never a crew neck
1: So maybe there's something we'll think about Maybe it's time Maybe maybe I'll buy one Um, And, ooh, famous last words for this uh, episode awesome. Is there any, any, any Quotes you like Or anything you might Want to put on your Tombstone one day On oh, my
0: tombstone
1: Maybe right. I don't know Whatever A cool Like a Paul question. Walker Style quote You know Like the quote mm. And then just Johansson A picture of you Like in black and white In like a speeding off car
0: I don't know no, Life sucks Or just Something real negative Just really glorify The death just own the fact that I'm in the ground and that's on my
1: tips. is it life sucks with like S-U-X as well like is it carved in like a, yeah. in, a in a door
0: <laughs> yeah it needs to be carved with like a dagger or something
1: life sucks I love it but it doesn't suck when uh then a new album comes out August 28th
0: yeah yeah everyone everyone st- stick around for the new album
1: yeah and, and then, then,
0: then then you can do whatever
1: yeah great is there anything else you want to plug before we end the show dude
0: ah no just buy the new album keep on Excellent.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for your time, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Post Ramble. Uh, Not all that much to talk about this week because uh, I'm in lockdown again, so there's not really much to talk about other than I've been watching lots of Doctor Who. Uh, It's on stand if you want to go back and treat yourself and, you know, relive some kind of classic episodes like Weeping Angels ones or... Oh, I don't know, Matt Smith stuff. Anyway, look, enough about Doctor Who. Check it out, if you haven't checked it out before. It is on Sounds great. Been playing a lot of Age of Empires 2, Definitive Edition. Now, Mal is so bored of me talking about this, <laughs> but I gotta keep talking about it. You remember Age of Empires 2 from when you were a kid? Yeah, it's awesome. And then they've brought out like a 4K HD awesome edition. Not the HD edition, if you're checking on Steam, that is older, you wanna get the Definitive Edition had so many fuck ups of friends of ours buying the wrong version, but you can play Age of Empires. Like you remember all the sieves that you remember, you know, all the classic things, but then there's like heaps more as well. And then like you can play online with your mates really easily. And I've been doing that a lot and it's great. And it's really been keeping me sane in these crazy COVID times. I hope you guys are also keeping sane as well. I hope that you're finding ways to entertain yourself. If you are locked down in Melbourne or soon to be locked down in the <laughs> outlying areas, of Victoria. And if you're in another state, hey, way to go. That's fucking rat. I'm so proud of you guys. Thanks, Johansson, for coming on the show. Uh, it was a really good episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I've done a little YouTube playlist again. So follow that in the show notes to look at all the private function film clips. I think pretty much this episode, because I'm feeling pretty lazy, I'll just throw in some Limp Biscuit and then pretty much all the private function clips. So follow the link. Watch the clips in chronological order and see the wig pull that I talked about in the episode which I fucking love that is still whoever came up with that in private function that is the most genius thing ever it's just be like yeah retcon the hairdo I love a band that would go to the effort to retcon someone's hairdo in the music videos fucking hell that's amazing anyway yeah I also want to thank Steve J 88 my new patron You legend, man. Thank you so much for being a patron of the show. Thank you for adding in the question. Favorite piece of band merch? That is a great one. I am currently all wearing that Nine Inch Nails crew neck jumper at the moment. I reckon that's probably one of my favorite pieces of merch. Um, I really like my Sunder t-shirt. It's beautiful. The color on it is so good. Uh, I think I have like every Black Helm shirt that exists. (laughs) These are probably some of my favorite pieces of merch if you're wondering. Ooh, a Tropical Fuckstorm white t-shirt that I cut the sleeves off. And, um... The colours are really fun. It's like pink and green and red and blue, I think. It looks like a 90s Esprit jumper. Like, remember those white crewnecks back in the day? So it's like that, but it's a white shirt. And I love wearing that in summertime as a summertime shirt. If I ever saw one, if I ever owned one, definitely goes good with a bucket hat. Um, That's Summer. That's Summer Rory. If you made an action figure of me, that would be like the Summer variant. But like, realistically, I'm going to be wearing mostly black. Um, Man, action figure. As you guys know, I have a bit of a penchant for the action figure, and uh, yeah, when I'm sitting around your room all day, you're like, "Yeah, I want to just have more things to look at that are fun." You know, it's, online shopping has become a dangerous, especially getting back into Doctor Who again. You're like, "Well, I could buy a fucking Doctor Who toy." No, Rory, you don't need a Doctor Who toy. What the fuck is wrong with you? But I don't know what's wrong with you, but I can't want one. Uh, but that's the person. That's t- you know, I've got the wheel of this podcast, so you don't know where it's going to go. I'm talking about action figures now, and this truly has. now become a post ramble thank you Steve j 88 for the new patronage thank you for that great question um, go check out five of wands johnny galvatron it's an early episode same card definitely remember that line are you fighting for and is it worth it that's a great line i really like that and uh it might give some people a bit of perspective at the moment if they think about that But uh, I didn't use that for the Instagram line or the tagline for this podcast I used a different one because I didn't want to use the same one You know, you want to try and pull different meanings from the same card In case you get multiple guests You can't have the same quote every time People are going to get fucking sick of it Imagine if it was the same for Ten of Pentacles Hasn't that thing popped up like four times already? So anyway, go check out the Johnny Galvatron episode as well Uh, See if there's some kind of similarity Maybe you just want to hear from someone who used to be in the Galvatrons And now is making a video game, you know He's a fucking cool guy so you can go check that episode out as well. Follow the link in the show notes and um, you can jump on the YouTube playlist there, the Patreon if you want to support the show, which would be amazing. And you can add a question to lightning round, make it happen. Anyway, I hope everyone's well. Um, I hope everyone's finding some way to distract themselves or have a night off from the weirdness that all of this is. And uh, I hope everyone's good and there'll be uh, a new episode coming very soon. Thank you very much for listening.